Hello and welcome to the Pondering Episodes. Have you got thoughts and questions about faith, the Bible, church and life in general? Well, so do we. In these episodes, we aim to have conversations where we wrestle and embrace all that this journey of faith brings. Do we have all the answers? No, but we're willing to ponder the big and the small things and have honest chats that may bring about new ways of thinking. This episode is part two of Hannah chatting with Dan Geddes. So if you missed part one, be sure to check out that first. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy. I was thinking even when you're talking about like how do we practice this even on a Sunday? Because I often, um, I'm on stage every week and I watch everybody in worship and I've often thought about like, worship and the act of praising god and that kind of thing is not purely an intellectual thing right Mm. it's actually your whole body engaging or it should be for me it is it's like my whole body engages in this space it can be it can be yeah but what fascinates me is when uh i see people in our community and it looks like they're just they have totally checked out or they're just standing there Mm. No expression, no nothing. It's like mm. there is zero. And that's, and of course, that's a perception. But I wonder even in our spaces of worship, whether that's something to be thinking about is mm. even as we, our mouths are saying these things about God, what's going on within our whole body as yeah. we are hearing these things? Yeah. Like how do we actually, how are we responding, even being aware of, those things i yeah. think is a pretty cool thing to yeah. consider and to and whether is that a space to do that like do you think that's a valid space to go let's see what our body's doing i think if if <laughs> if sunday if okay so what is sunday sunday is a time where we're gathering together it's an it's an important part of um the formational um growth it's important part of christian formation because people are gathering together they're discovering things about god Mm. but the biggest thing about formation and this is something i guess i've i've been i i guess hung up on since i studied um spiritual direction is i so i i was like i kind of got i wanted to learn more about the spiritual life and so i contacted someone and I knew about a master of spiritual direction. And I contacted him and I saw how long it was going to take. And I was like, oh, crap, no way. Like, can we fast track this? And they're like, no, you cannot fast track formation. <laughs> like, yeah, you can. Surely I can. Like, I'll just, the point of it, right? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just get like, I'll do extra courses. Like, man, I did six classes at uni, six courses at yeah. uni one year yeah. or one semester. And they're like, no, you cannot fast track this. It's formation. Yeah. And I guess that was like so annoying. Yeah. But looking back, like you can't. Yeah. But the thing about formation is we we often think, I, I think oftentimes with formation, we, our go-tos are what's being said. Mm. But formation isn't about what's being said. It's about what's being modeled. Mm. And I think that when, when we consider and look at what a Sunday mm. is, we're modeling a place where people come in and they sit down and they shut up and they listen to a talk or they sing some songs and they're, they're usually there just a part of this experience mm-hmm. and then they go and they have tea and coffee and they go home. Mm. And I guess 
that's what we're communicating formationally and what we're modeling. So we're not really modeling yeah. what embodiment yeah, can right. look like. Yeah. I don't know if you remember a talk Tim, Tim Lovell gave, and it's something that's never gone away from me. Um, he was talking about attunement. I don't know if you remember this. It was upstairs mm-hmm. in the um, seminar room. And I think he brought in like a tuning fork. And he was talking about how does... It was funny because it was an embodied... It was an embodied talk without using embodiment language. He was like, he was like when, this, when this makes a certain sound, other things... Like when this tuning fork hears a sound or makes a noise, I'm horrible with this analogy. But other things are vibrating. Yes, right? they resonate. It resonates. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And he was like, so what happens when we're worshiping is how are we resonating? Mm. How are we attuning or responding to what's going on? Mm. And that was such a permission-giving mm. moment for me mm. because I would, I'd come in and I'd sit down, I'd shut up, and then there was like this permission to respond. And I feel like we we need to we need to um, model that and re- remind people this is your moment as well, like in in your community, because there's something really powerful about being together with people, worshiping totally. through song together. But it's powerful when there's permission. It's like you go to a football game and you're like sitting there and you know there's permission to cheer. Yeah. You know there's permission when someone yes. gets a try. You know there's permission to stand up and cheer and get excited. But like, that's because they're, that's what's being modeled. Yeah. What are we modeling? How are we actually forming people mm. to, or, or allowing people to be in that yeah. space? Yeah. And so I guess coming back to what are we actually modeling and how are we giving permission for that? Um, I need to do some more cheering. Well, I think it's just giving <laughs> people permission to yeah, yeah, totally to be yeah. in this as Absolutely. they feel. Absolutely. Um, and that's going to be awkward and uncomfortable, but I don't know. And maybe because, again, we live and people come from different denomination experiences yeah. where some are a lot more open to allowing that, whereas others have been this is more of a engagement of the mind type yeah. Yeah. Expression, yeah. not really. Again, the body really doesn't have much to play within yeah. this. This is more about what we believe, yeah. about our faith, not yeah. necessarily a full body, mind, yeah. heart, soul experience. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And is it is it a space? And I, coming back to that story or that sermon Tim gave, mm. in that same sermon, he talked about a guy, I think he was deaf. And he would make like moaning and groaning and like odd noises mm. in the back of the mm. the auditorium. I think this was when Tim was in Colorado, and um, people were annoyed. They were like, "Oh, what's this?" And it, you know, this was this guy's attunement and responding yeah. to God. And and Tim had to address the community. And I feel like, are we making space for people yeah. to make odd noises? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's their response to God, to that, yeah. like, or are we, are we curating the space so much and controlling the space mm. so much so that everyone feels okay? Yeah. Are we really just wanting to be okay? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so that's so good, and that's definitely something, at least for me. And and I was thinking about when you were talking, we were talking about again coming back to those, that feeling of you know within your body 
it's telling you to act like on Sunday night, but your brain is going no. Yeah. I find that in worship spaces all the time. And mm. I've had moments where I'm like, I'm I'm about to call people to do something and my brain is saying, don't do it because what mm. if no one responds? What? Yeah. And, you, and there's an internal battle. Like it's like and yeah. one at some point, one of them is going to win. Mm. But and every time I've trusted my body, I've, I've felt that and I've, enacted on it yeah. it's always been a positive yeah. experience in the end because yeah. i really do believe that was god mm. speaking through me mm. challenging my brain it mm. was challenging my brain to yeah do something my body wanted to physically respond yeah and say whereas the brain's going no you're gonna look stupid and i think the big thing then hannah is when you feel that talk about it yeah connect it yeah because that's the permission giving yes when you're like you know what guys instead of just doing it go you know what i'm feeling this within me and let's try this yeah yeah because that's 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 teaching people to trust what what's within them Mm. that's what i think it's more about that modeling the permission modeling that it's like and that's why you know i didn't connect it to body but on on sunday night i was like i feel like i need to be courageous here yeah and it's it's inviting then what do people then go okay like i get to be courageous too yes it's inviting mission that's exactly right and there's such a freedom in that and it um yeah Mm. it's good Mm. that's a good challenge dan (laughs) come on (laughs) it's really good yeah I really appreciate it. I was thinking about even you talking about, you know, the Hebrew um, idea of the heart, that it's a whole, like the body. Mm. And I remember reading, I feel like one of my uni lectures was talking about even the idea of the soul. And Mm. you mentioned this, and maybe this is something we can touch on because even I think you were calling, like the Greeks had a different idea of other people, um, you know, the the Platonistic idea of the soul being the thing and it's i don't think people even recognize that it it is crept into christian faith so much yeah where everything is the salvation of the soul yeah and that everything's just about the soul and when you die you get out of here and that's all that matters except Mm. that the new testament is nothing like that well the new testament has a problem with that because then there's yeah the, paul presents and in, in the new testament presents the resurrection of the body yeah that's right yeah. and jesus was not a ghost floating around after he died and was resurrected no. he was a human being yeah. flesh and blood yeah he they made it very clear that yeah. he was not a spirit yeah. floating around and when he ascended he was a human mm. doing that and so mm. the the value of the body it's not we are not just a soul and i think and i'm pretty sure my lecturer was talking about that even the idea of the soul pre plato you know pre this almost gnostic idea was that it was like a the full body it's mm. not just a part the soul wasn't just a part but it was like the mm. heart it was the full body physical yeah. and spiritual together that's yeah. the the soul not yeah. just the this thing that exists and then will depart and we mm. just exist as a soul floating off somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you're saying that about Jesus, I was, um, you know, Jesus was, he was fully embodied and it's funny. Cause like, you know how almost you get this narrative in Christianity that Jesus is some sort of superhero. Mm. Well, he wasn't Yeah, like he totally was not a superhero. He felt weakness Mm-hmm. He felt pain. Mm-hmm. He he needed to go and withdraw. Like yes, he listened to his body. Yes, 
Yeah, and, and he you... wasn't a superhero. No. He was not. And it's funny. This is actually pretty funny. I um, I was going to share this on Sunday night, but um, I didn't. So, you know the song, Jesus Loves Me? Yes. So, um, we sing that song when we go to sleep at night mm, sometimes. Sing it to our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, there's this line, right, in this song where... Um, okay, so I'll preface this with a story because this is interesting. Um, my daughter comes home from kindy. So, my daughter's four, for those of you who don't know. And she came home from kindy and she said, um, the boys at kindy today were saying that boys are strong and girls are weak. And I was like, oh, really? Heard um, that many times. My girls come home with... Anyway, that's yeah. a conversation. Yeah. yeah so yeah. then we have this really great yep. conversation about how girls are strong. And then we go to sing Jesus Loves Me. And there's a lyric in Jesus Loves Me. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to say the words. You know, it says, um, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Um, little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. I've just told my daughter she's strong. (laughs) And now I'm about to sing this song that says she's weak. And I get the difference. But to a child, they don't get the difference. And so I'm like, wait a second. There's like this song that we all sing that's actually teaching these kids they're weak. And I'm like, I, I don't know. And so, <laughs> so I was like, hey, 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 let's sing it differently. And she's like, oh, how are we going to sing it? <laughs> and because we sing it at nighttime, we go, instead of we go, we are weak or I am weak, but you are strong. He is strong. We go, <laughs> we go time for sleep and everyone's strong. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's funny because it's this stuff that it's formational. It's like, I don't want my daughter to think she's weak. And I don't think Jesus wants her to think she's weak. And yet we have this song that's like been a part of the Christian world for so long. And we've, I don't know, have we ever questioned that? Like, Don't get me started on bad theology and songs, Dan. (laughs) Don't hey, even oh, get me started. Was, I just, I just <laughs> thought of that because I was like, but Jesus was weak. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was weakness in him, and why is weak bad? Yes, we assume weak is bad, right? But yeah. Anyhow, everyone's strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'd really like a recording of that. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, our last question is going to come from Sheree. So good. So, come on in. Hello, Cherie. Hello. <laughs> um, great message. Thank you. <laughs> I feel um, so on the spot right now. <laughs> really? Yeah, question is going to be a doozy. I just know it. No, it's not. Um, I've got a few people in my life that have like chronic illness. Mm. Or they have things going on in their body. Like they've got chronic fatigue or yeah. stuff like that. They've got mold issues. So... I think something that came to mind when you were speaking is um, what if your body is suffering with trauma, illness or like an imbalance? Mm. What does looking, what does listening to your body look like for that person? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I can't speak from experience. 
because I've never had, um, I guess, um, yeah, chronic illness or anything like that. Um, so I can't speak from experience, but as I understand body listening, um, a friend of mine, he is, he's wrestling with Parkinson's and, um, it is taking over his body. And, um, I guess I've watched how he's navigated that and I think he's done it. And I guess what listening to the body looks like is he doesn't see that Parkinson's is, um, he almost like doesn't see that Parkinson's is the body, like the move, the body movements kind of things. Okay. But what he, how he describes it is really interesting. Um, he says, I've got this companion, this traveling companion with me, Parkinson's. And this traveling companion sometimes causes my body to shake and to move. And, um, but what he found, and it's, it's progressed now where this isn't as helpful, but in the um, first few years, probably three or four years of being diagnosed with this, he found that this companion is more settled when I'm in contemplative spaces and I'm giving it silence or I'm giving it space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he isn't saying that he is Parkinson's mm-hmm. or that it is a part of almost his identity. Yeah. He actually describes it as a traveling companion. And so I, I think that that's almost like a bit of an embodied response to it. Like going, this isn't, it's weird because I can't say this because mm-hmm. I don't. But what I've heard him say is this isn't me. Mm-hmm. This is actually something that is traveling with me and it's affecting me in this way or it's affecting my body in this way. Mm. And and so I don't know if that answers your question, but for people that, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't still listen to the movements within him, but yeah. he identifies like there is the, there's the obvious Parkinson's that is occurring, mm-hmm. but then he also listens to what else is coming up within his body because he identifies this Parkinson's as his traveling companion mm. that's with him. Mm. But then also what else is he feeling within his body? Does that make sense? I feel like you're trying to, well, I feel like you're saying that the body is somewhat connected to the soul then because like the physical body might be tired and weak from parkinson's but separating that a little bit from what your body without that disease might be saying to you well i i think that i guess it's a it's a tricky space because i'm not an i'm not an expert in this at all but i guess what i can like i said how i can speak to it is how i've seen my friend navigate it yeah but i guess it's um it's not saying what my body what my body what might my body be saying <laughs> without that or um, like just listening to the soul. It's not, it's not doing that, but I guess it's going, there is, there is this body response that happens with him with Parkinson's. Yeah. Right. And he's aware of that. And he, he's aware that that is a part of that traveling companion. Yeah. But then he, he, I guess, isn't listening just to that. Yes. He's yeah. then going, okay, but what else is going on within? Yes. So for people who um, who have chronic illness, yeah. there is a part of that that is a 
part of that diagnosis. Yeah. But it it's not the whole of them. Yeah. There is still there they could there can be still wisdom uh-huh. coming from within their body that may not be that traveling companion. Does that yeah. make sense? It makes sense, yeah. It's a really weird construct that I've kind of just like articulated and it's probably articulated mm. really poorly. But um I feel like we shouldn't just shut down people who have these chronic illnesses and say you can't listen to your body yeah there's still space for them to do that yeah someone with chronic illness should almost listen more to their body than someone who is in good health yeah and i think that's because obviously their body is telling them that it's not functioning well so it's like important to take care of that and Mm. for the for the well-being of their I guess their wholeness and their yeah their their well being in general. Um, There's I don't know if you heard of a book, The Body Keeps the Score. Yes, I've read some of it. Yeah, so that's gonna delve into this far better than I ever could. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think it's the the I think I guess the idea is that yeah the body holds trauma. We go okay, what's what's coming up there that's that I can identify as really healthy mm-hmm. um, and what is possibly coming up from that traveling companion. Yep, for sure. The other thing mm. I wanted to talk to you about was in your message, you were talking about um, a time where you had neck pain mm. and there was like tension in your neck. And I think you described it as in your head was kind of going one direction and your neck was going another and it sounded very specific to like an analogy of where you were at and you were kind of being torn in these two directions and there was like tension in your life that you were kind of sorting through and I thought it was interesting that you it almost sounded like you felt the specific like tension in your neck kind of spoke to the specificness of the situation you were in. And Mm. I was wondering if you think that um, when you scan your body for, or like you're listening to your body and you do your body scan, do you feel a general sense of pain and you're like, okay, I'm stressed? Or do you feel that the specific tensions are giving you like a specific message i think it can and it, it can be it, you know i i think it's hard to say that's going to happen all the time yeah um but the funny thing about that scenario that i gave on sunday is i was experiencing really bad headaches yeah and um i i just kept taking panadols and just kept doing that yeah and they would go away and i just kept taking like i'd, I'd get them like pretty much every day and um I just thought that was just headaches. Yeah. And then I'm having this conversation with my spiritual director. Um, and she encouraged me just in that moment to, I guess, yeah, that body scan, like going down through the body. And I just felt like this intense tension in my neck and like yeah. a tightness. Yeah. Like, like, you know how when you, you, you know, how when you wake up and you slept on your, yeah yep you got like a kink in your neck yeah i felt like that but i'm sitting in a chair and i'm like this just came to me now and then um yeah like we we continued having the and then that headache hit and i'm like 
it's so wild. Like she just asked me to really listen and tune into my body. And as I'm doing this, I'm feeling this. And then I'm like, whoa, like this is that same headache that I've continually been getting and I've been taking Panadol for. Yep. And then she was like, you know, tell me about what's going on, you know, within you. And I was describing all this. And she's like, tell me about what's going on in your role right now. And I started telling her about that. And then it just hit me. Mm. And that was the interesting thing. Like, it's almost like my body picked it up before my mind. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, hey, what if we give ourselves space to listen to this? Yeah. And, um, and then the, the connection is like, then you go and you can discern, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess it was the listening to that that really helped me become aware of it. And then you can you can take it to your community. I took it to Demi and we had a yeah. conversation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, is that going to happen all the time? I mean, there's there's been times where I um, I read passages of scripture and I felt like a tightness in my jaw and and I'm like, okay, is that me? Is that is that me respond? Like, is that me not liking this? Like, where's mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And it's just being curious. Yeah. And but being aware of it, curious about it, yeah, and allowing it to to be there rather than just go, oh, I've just got a tight jaw. Yep. Yep. So is it always going to have a meaning? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, yeah. um, and I don't think we need to attach meanings to all our body movements, but it's just yeah. getting us to actually become more aware of it and, um, yeah, tune into it more. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks for hanging out. It's okay. I think you kind of summed it up there. It's that idea of just being curious and actually mm. just, like, just try it, like mm. being open are there like resources or um, ways that people, if they're like, yeah, I, I really want to do this. Yeah. Are there just some ways that they can start that? Like as we wrap this up, what are some ways that people can just actually yeah. start doing this? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I think um, like meditation is is really helpful because it's it's once again, it's, it's a way, it's like riding a bike, like, you, you practice mm-hmm. and you, you have these first steps and you have your training wheels and then you take them off and you yep. fall and you grow and you learn and, and then you, you start doing it. And then you're like, whoa, this is wild. I'm riding yeah. a bike. Um, so I guess, yeah, practice is, is really important. And there's body scans. You can, you can look them up on YouTube, on Google. Yep. Um, there's, there's apps that are helpful in meditation. There's Headspace. There's Insight Timer, I think, is another meditation app. Yeah. And really, this is just about... But as you do that, I would encourage you to... Um, what a body scan is, is just moving through your body mm. and um, paying attention to what you're feeling in it. Mm. Because that's helpful because it's getting you to become more aware of that. And then when things are happening in life, you feel... You, you, you're more in tune with your yeah. body and that's when you can feel your yeah. body responding or generating wisdom. Um, so I guess, yeah, meditation's huge. Silence is huge, um, which isn't easy, but, you know. And, and it, so with silence, a really helpful thing is to um, say like a prayer phrase or something like that because our mind just starts racing yep. as soon as we're silent. Yep. But something I... I I say is, um, I am loved. You are with me. I am loved. Mm. 
you're with me. I'm loved. Mm. And you can just continue to say that over and over and over. So when you start thinking about the laundry that you need to do, you go, you're with me. I'm mm. loved. And you keep coming back to that. It's beautiful. And um, because, medi- yeah, silence was super challenging for me. But I feel like that's like a gateway to listening to our body and a helpful practice to get there. There's one thing I wanted to say earlier, and we were talking about, you know, Jesus and mm. embodied responses. And you remember that time where he like looks out over Jerusalem and he knows what's mm. coming and he says, how long? Mm. Oh, that I could gather you, mm-hmm. you know, like the a anguish. Yeah. Thing. Yep. And like a, like a chick gathers her, you know, like a hen gathers her chicks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's embodiment. Yeah. You know, feeling that, like looking yes. at something and going, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus was pretty, pretty. Oh yeah. Pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, modeling. Yeah. And I reckon his disciples are like, "You're crazy. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Like, why is this guy talking about chicks and hands? Chicks, yeah. <laughs> why does he want to feel like a mother? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why does he want to feel like a mother? Ah, hey, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the feminine divine. Oh, yeah. When are we going there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it on the list. <laughs> the divine feminine. <laughs> Yes, God our parents, not mm-hmm. God our father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thanks for having us. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And just the wisdom in that. So Cool. Thanks, friend. No worries. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope that this has encouraged you not to just read scripture, but to ask questions. Sit with the tension that text might bring and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Stay tuned for more Pondering episodes coming in the near future, where we will hear from others in our community and continue to seek God and His kingdom. We would love it if you could follow our socials, like and leave a five-star review, and listen to our sermon series, available every week. This podcast is made possible by an excellent team of human beings. So a big thanks to Josiah Niven, Cherie Allen, Greg Forrest, Mike and Teresa Hardy, Amos and Hannah Bartle, Emma Bell, and the countless other encouragers, friends, and colleagues who continue to support the Good Life mission of building community, fostering health, and offering hope to all people. I'll see you later. Peace.